Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Redwood Pioneer by Betty Sterling. Chapter 3. Road to the Redwoods. Mikey rubbed his eyes sleepily. Surely it wasn't time to get up, but Pa was shaking him. Get up, Mikey, Pa said. We have a long way to go today. Mikey scrambled out of the warm covers. To the Redwoods, to the Redwoods, he said to himself as he buttoned his shirt. He grabbed the milk pail and began milking Bossy. Tom was already milking Maury, and Pat was starting the fire. The sun hadn't yet come through the fog over the mountains, so Mikey knew it was early. Breakfast was over quickly. Then Mr. O'Grady roped down the load on the wagon. He tied the chicken crate on top, and Mikey covered most of the crate with an old cloth so the chickens wouldn't be frightened at strange sights and noises. Mary and Sean and Liam climbed onto the back of the wagon, and Pa shook the reins. Get up, he said. We're off. Mikey walked ahead of the wagon. Even if Tom and Pat wouldn't talk to him much, he wanted to be out in front to see everything first. He had seen many redwood trees before. He had even seen the big redwood forest, but only from far away. But today, he was going into the real forest where the big trees were. Pa had said that the redwood trees were the tallest trees on the whole earth. The road followed the San Lorenzo River. Mikey picked up a handful of pebbles to throw into the water as he walked. A barge loaded with lumber floated down the river. Mikey waved to the men on the deck, and they waved back. They passed a group of sprawling, reddish-colored buildings. Mikey tried to spell out the name painted on the biggest building. "'It's the tannery, Mikey,' said Pa. "'That's where we'll be bringing the bark this fall.' Mikey was glad they didn't stop at the tannery. He didn't like the smell." There were wild flowers in bloom along the roadsides. Mikey knew the poppies and the lupines, but there were other flowers that he didn't know. He picked a bouquet for Mary. Mikey could see men working on the other side of the road from the river. Some had picks, others shovels, and some were pounding with heavy sledgehammers. What are they doing, Pa? he asked. Pa shook his head. I don't know, Mikey. Then they came to a place where the river valley was suddenly narrow. Here the men were beginning to dig a tunnel through the hill. Mikey did wish he could find out why they were digging, but he was too timid to ask. Pat stared at the workers. What are you building, he called. One of the men straightened up and wiped his face. A railroad, he said. Where to, asked Pat. Santa Cruz to San Jose, through Felton, said the man. He picked up the sledgehammer and began to pound again. Pa was driving the wagon right on. But Mikey ran over to watch the railroad builders laying the narrow track on the cross ties. Then he had to hurry to catch up with the family. He wished they could go more slowly. He wanted to see everything. Soon they were entering the edge of the redwood forest. Mikey was thrilled. The road wound between trees so tall that he could hardly see the tops. Some were so big around that he was sure Pat and Tom and Pa together wouldn't nearly be able to reach around them. Once, Mikey saw a deer peeking through some brush. "'Where's my gun?' asked Pat. 
Mikey was glad to see Pa shake his head and say, No shooting now, Pat. The deer had looked so pretty standing there watching them. Mikey was feeling hollow inside by the time the sun was overhead. When do we eat? he asked Pa. We'll stop in Felton, said Pa. It can't be much farther now. Mikey could see nothing but trees. He wondered if there really could be a town hidden somewhere along this road. He was afraid he would starve before they ever got there. They came over a little hill. I see houses ahead, said Pat. Mikey strained his eyes. He couldn't see any houses. Maybe if he were as tall as Pat. Then the donkey with the load gave a loud hee-haw. She must have heard another donkey, Mikey thought. Maybe if he had ears as big as hers, he could hear another donkey, too. He tightened his belt. It wouldn't be long till dinner now. When they finally reached Felton, Mikey wasn't much impressed with it. He had been to Santa Cruz. He returned the stares of the children who stood at the side of the road and watched them pass. The biggest thing in Felton was a huge house with many porches. It was even bigger than the houses in Santa Cruz. Mikey asked Pa about it. It's a hotel, said Pa. Rich people come here in the summertime to be lazy. Mikey laughed. He thought Pa was joking. Surely people couldn't go someplace just to be lazy. Grown-ups had to work. But he took a second look at the big building. They stopped for dinner at the edge of the little town. Mikey took the two cows down to the edge of the river to drink, and Tom led the donkeys. Then Mikey climbed up on the wagon and gave the chickens a pan of water in their crate. They clucked and drank greedily. Mikey patted his stomach as they started on again. He felt much better now that it was full again. All afternoon, they plodded up the narrow road. Mikey could see nothing but trees and the blue sky overhead, and sometimes the river beside them or a little ways off. He felt as if he were shut in a crate like the chickens. Pa knew the names of the trees. He told Mikey which were medrones, with the shiny red-brown bark, which were nutmegs, and which were azaleas. A few times he pointed out tan bark oaks. Mikey watched for these especially. But mostly he saw redwoods, huge, tall redwoods, and more redwoods everywhere. Pa was trying to hurry. He wanted to reach Boulder before dark. Mikey didn't see how they could go any faster though he shivered when he thought about having to stay along the road in the forest during the night. The forest was too wet to camp in, Mikey thought. There was moss and ferns everywhere, and little yellow violets. Why is everything so wet, Pa? he asked. Lots of rain up here, said Pa. I heard someone say in Santa Cruz that they have 90 inches of rain up here at Boulder. Why, Pa, exclaimed Pat, did they say 90 inches? Pa nodded his head. That's what they said. But Pa, Pat protested, that's seven and a half feet. That's right, agreed Pa. That's why the redwoods grow so tall. Mikey whistled. Why, that was taller than a big man. Wouldn't that make a real lake if it all piled up at once? The sun disappeared early, hidden by the mountains that rose on each side of the river. Mikey's legs were tired, and he was cold. He found his new jacket in the back of the wagon and buttoned it up to his neck. He wondered if they would ever get to Boulder. Once in a while, Mikey could catch a glimpse of a large wooden trough built near the road. He could hear water running in it, and he wondered what it was for. Finally, Tom climbed up to see. It's a flume, Tom reported. There's lumber floating down in it. Mikey scrambled up to see with Tom's help. 
The flume was about four feet across and was made of closely fitted planks two inches thick. Mikey guessed it was three or four feet deep. He wondered where the lumber floating in it came from and where it went. Pa said it must come from Boulder because he had been told that Boulder was only a small mill and a few houses for the sawmill workers, but he didn't know where it went. Maybe to Felton, he said. Maybe they put the lumber on wagons or river barges there. I don't know. They plodded on. Everyone was too tired to talk. Mary, Sean, and Liam were asleep in the back of the wagon. Mikey almost wished he were little, too, so that he could climb up there and sleep a while. It was getting dark when they finally saw the lights of Boulder shining through the trees. There were no gas lights here, only little kerosene lamps in the windows. Dogs barked as they stopped on the short street. A man came out and Pa talked to him. The man showed them where they could camp for the night, and his wife hurried out with a kettle of soup. You must be cold, she said. We'll soon warm up, said Pa, kindling a fire. There's good water from the spring, said the woman. Help yourself. She smiled when she saw the sleeping little ones in the wagon when the firelight shone on their faces. So long a trip, she said. Little fellows get tired. Mikey was so tired when he crawled down into his blankets that he could hardly remember that they had come to the end of the road. In another day, they would go into the Redwood Forest. Chapter 4 Friend for a Day The sun was shining when Mikey woke up, and Boulder was noisy with the day's work. Mikey sat up slowly. Pa had let him sleep late. Good morning, sleepyhead, said Ma. She patted his tousled hair as she handed him a plate of breakfast. Mikey peeked into the tent. Mary, Sean, and Liam were still asleep. He saw that Martha was milking for him, so he sat down on a rock and ate his food. Soon, Pa, Pat, and Tom returned. It's all settled, said Pa. We can leave the wagon at the Haddon's house, and also whatever we can't pack into the forest by donkey. I can come back with the donkeys after the cabin is built and get the rest of the load. Will we start today? Mikey asked eagerly. Now that he had come this far, he was anxious to be a real pioneer. No, said Pa. We'll need most of the day to get the loads repacked so as we can leave early tomorrow. Pat, Tom, Ma, and I will be busy this morning. Martha will have to look after the little ones. So, I reckon you might as well look over the town. Mikey was delighted. There wasn't much to see in the town, though. But at the last house on the short street, a boy his own size sat on the steps making a fishing pole. Hello, said to Mikey. My name's Jake. What's yours, and where are you from? My name's Mikey. I'm from the potato country down valley. Going to live here in Boulder, asked Jake. He looked hopefully at Mikey. Nah, said Mikey, sticking his hands in his pockets. We're going pioneering up in the redwoods. The boy looked at him wide-eyed and then looked past him toward the evergreen hills. Honest? You're going up there? Boy, ain't you lucky. Mikey stuck his chest out a little farther. We'll do all right, he said. Want to go fishing? Jake asked. I'll cut a pole for you. Sure, said Mikey. He went with Jake down to the river, and they cut another willow pole with Jake's knife. Then Jake pulled another piece of cord from his pocket, and Mikey tied it to the pole. Jake searched in all his pockets and finally found a couple of bent pins. They dug some worms for bait. Then Jake led the way down a faint path to a fallen log that stuck out into the river. Mikey had never been fishing before. 
the little creek that ran through the valley where their cabin had been didn't have any fish in it. But he wasn't going to let Jake know. He watched closely, and then did exactly as Jake did. Soon, he felt a jerk on his line. It was a fish! He held tight as the fish zipped back and forth. Finally, he managed to pull it in. It was a foot-long trout. What a beauty, Jake exclaimed. You're lucky. In a few minutes, he also had caught a fish. Mikey baited the pin again, and in a few minutes had another trout, a bit smaller than the first. I'll need several more to make enough fish for our family for dinner, he said. How many in your family, Jake asked. Nine, counting Ma and Pa, said Mikey. I'm the middle one. You're lucky, said Jake. I don't have any brothers or sisters. I guess that's even lonesomer than being the middle one, said Mikey. He pulled in another big trout. The fish are biting good this morning, said Jake. Sometimes the water wheel up at the mill makes so much racket that it scares them away. This ought to be plenty, Mike said a little while later. He counted the fish he had laid on the mossy bank. Six big ones and one little fellow. Jake sharpened two willow withs, and they strung the fish on them. Mikey walked proudly up the path and passed Jake's house to his camp. Mary saw him coming. Ma, pa, she shrieked. Look what Mikey's got. Ma straightened up from her packing, and Pa turned around. Why, Mikey, said Ma, did you catch those yourself? Mikey grinned. Sure, and you're a real fisherman, said Pa. Shall I help you clean them for dinner? Mikey agreed to this. He didn't have the faintest idea how to fix them. With Pa's help, they soon had the fish ready for Ma's hot frying pan. Mikey thought he had never had such a good dinner in his life. He hoped that when they found a place for their new cabin in the Redwoods, there would be a stream nearby with fish in it. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.